Six people in Madison are vying to become the city's next mayor in the upcoming spring election. Over the course of the past month on the Madsplainers podcast, we spoke to every one of them. I don't come at this as, a, as someone with elected office experience. I'm coming at this as an outsider. I actually think that's a good thing. We need somebody who has political courage and isn't afraid to make big, bold moves, and um, that's me. Really, Madison deserves to have a mayor that's inspiring hope, um, and in the absence of that, I've felt like I'm ready for that. We always listen to those who have the loudest voice. We have Band-Aid approaches, and we've always been operating with Band-Aid approaches in the last 20 years. Every mayoral race should have a comedian running in it. One of these things is not like the other. Of all the candidates, physically, I may be the oldest. In terms of our minds, I'm undoubtedly the youngest. But it's not just mayoral candidates who will be on the ballot in this month's primary election. On today's episode of the Mad Splainers Election Edition, we're turning our attention to the race for Madison School Board. And to help guide the way, we brought along a special guest. I'm Eric Lawrenson, and I write about tech for the Cap Times. I'm Abby Becker, and I cover city and county government. I'm Lisa speckard Pask, and I am the Metro Reporter. And I'm Nagasi Tesfamaitl, and I cover local education. And this is the Madsplainers. Hey everyone, welcome back. We have another episode of the Madsplainers Election Edition. We have a special guest in the studio, Nagasi Tesfa Michael, who has been covering education for us here at the Cap Times. How's it going, Nagasi? Pretty good. Thanks for letting me crash the Mad Splainers podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, thank you for doing this. Um, Nagasi, you've been covering the school board race. Remind us of the, the important dates to keep in mind. Is this something where people are going to see these names on, on ballots on February 19th? Oh, uh, yeah. They, okay. uh, voters will see uh, names on the ballots on February 19th, uh, the primary date, and uh, April 2nd, the general election. Um, there are three seats that are up for election, uh, seats three, four, and five. And uh, there are primaries uh, for them all. Yeah. So, Nagasi, what does seat three, four, five mean? What do those correspond to, or why is this race the way it is? Yeah, so the Madison School Board is a seven-person governing body. Uh, there are seven different seven different seats that are all numbered. Uh, each seat represents uh, the entire district. So, um, anyone from who lives in within the Madison Metropolitan School District boundaries can vote for any of the uh, the seats. Can you vote for all of the seats? Yes, you can. The school board is organized a little bit differently than the city council, for example. Um, in the 1980s, a law was passed in the state legislature that uh, basically said that all of the seats on the school board were at large, meaning they weren't tied to specific areas of the city, um, which the reason why it was put in, uh, people have told me in the course of my reporting, was uh, that they wanted to have candidates be able to run against each other instead of having it just be sort of a free-for-all of everyone running against everyone, which would make it a lot harder for voters to determine what does candidate A or B believe. 
and you point out you've pointed out in your coverage before that the way this is all set up leads to some interesting geographical sort of patterns in terms of who is on the school board. Yeah, definitely. Um, so there are four city high schools that are that are sort of the conventional high schools. But right now on the school board, there's no one who lives within the La Follette attendance area um, or the memorial attendance area. And these sort of um, breakdowns of like where the candidates live um, sort of cycles out every few years. Um, So there might be more people who live in the east attendance area or the west attendance area. But it's something that some people have have mentioned as a peculiar, uh, considering that some school districts are organized in a sort of more geographic uh, distribution. And then once these people are elected, what do they have the power to do exactly? Well, the school board basically oversees the entire school district. Uh, that includes a very large budget, upward of, upwards of $400 million. Uh, so a lot of funding decisions are made by them. They also oversee the school's uh, superintendent, Jennifer Cheatham, uh, who's been in Madison for about five or six years now. Basically, anything that has to deal with public education in, in Madison goes through the school district and the school board. Let's talk a little bit about who's going to be in this race. So here's the deal. We have nine candidates that we're talking about today. For the sake of all of our time, we are not going to go terribly in-depth into each one. What we're going to do here, we're going to play a fun little game. We're each going to go around. We are each going to take a seat in the race, and we are going to describe the candidates running for that seat in 40 seconds or less. I feel panicky already. Oh, yeah. Feel the adrenaline pumping (laughs) pumping through your veins. I'm pretty confident. I think I talk pretty fast, so I'm ready for this challenge, Eric. All right. Well, that's good because you will be scored in some way, shape, or form. I don't know how this is going to end. There's going to be a leaderboard for sure. I'll figure out how it'll work in, in, in post. Abby, you're going to be up first, and you're going to be talking about the candidates that are running for seat three. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Three, two, one, go. Chris Carusi. She ran in 2017 and is a founding member of the Public Education Advocacy Group, School Community Alliance for Public Education. She currently works as the Associate Director of UW-Madison Sustainable Agricultural Research Center. Kaleem Kerr. He is the founder and CEO of One City Schools, one of the state's first 4K and kindergarten kindergarten charter schools authorized by the UW Office of Educational Opportunity. He previously ran in 98 unsuccessfully, and in 2011, the school board rejected his proposal for a secondary school that would have been called Madison Preparatory Academy. Third name you'll see on the ballot, Skylar Croy. He's a third-year UW Law School student, but withdrew from the race early. So his name will be on the ballot, but he is not running. You did it, though. That was right Okay, pretty close, pretty close. I'm so nervous good. right now. I feel like yeah, right before they shoot the gun at a race, and I just, I'm, this is, okay. Little, little I have a lot less information than you, Jen. <laughs> so all right. Fine. Seat four for you, Lisa, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, all right. Are you ready? No, but I'll do it. All right. Three, two, one. First up, there's David Blaska. He is a former member of the Dane County Board, and he is now a conservative blogger. He has focused his campaign on school discipline and safety. Next up, we have Ali Muldrow. She is a co-executive director of G-Safe Wisconsin, and that group focuses on creating just schools just schools for LGBTQ youth. Um, she also ran in 2017 against Kate Taves, but um, did not win that race. And then finally, we have Layla Borakim. She is a local restaurant owner and district parent. Um, you may know her for from her Persian restaurant, June, um, which I, mm, no, I don't know what to do. I'm panicking. The end. That's all I have to say. 
<laughs> oh, wait, you have one more. Lisa, one more. Albert Bryan. I have another That's one? It. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, guys. Also... But he will go unnamed because of your, <laughs> because of your mistakes. Oh, no. <laughs> You'll be hearing from Albert Bryan's oh, campaign. No. Albert, I'm so sorry. You're no, on the Lisa, I, we'll give second you, page. We'll right? give you one more chance to... Oh, God. Tell us about Albert Bryan. Albert Bryan, he's a physician who works for several addiction clinics in Madison, Milwaukee. And apparently he ran previously a few decades ago, but was unsuccessful. So that's four whole candidates for seat four. This is pretty unfair because you have one more candidate well, to but, try and get But Abby had more information about her candidates. So I feel like it sort of evens out. I just don't do under pressure, we've learned. Now let's um, turn the tables and no, make Eric do geez, this. Louise. Hey, so I can't tie myself. Nagasi, would you do the honors? Yes, of course. Excellent. All right. You ready? Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm not. But go. Just go. All right. Three, two, one. TJ Mertz. He is the incumbent for seat five. First elected 2013. Ran on a post in 2016. Now is facing two challengers in 2019. He's kind of running a campaign based on the idea of, of a collaborative problem solving and accountability on the school board. Um, he is facing Ananda Marilli, who currently works as an equity consultant at the Department of Public Instruction, previously worked for the MMSD and for the YWCA and ran against TJ Mertz in 2013. She did not Make it past the primary, right, Nagasi? I've already kind of stumbled here. Yeah, and you okay. got uh, two seconds left. <laughs> okay, Amos Rowe, a professional pianist and piano teacher. He said his campaign will focus on expanding school choice opportunities for students. <laughs> <laughs> that was great, right? <laughs> I crushed it. Also, if you want to learn you know, more in-depth about these candidates, Nagasi has written about them, so you don't have to rely on our two-second summaries of them. Just FYI. Yeah, Nagasi has written uh, some great explainers, both about the candidates and also just on how the race is set up. We highly encourage you to check those out. Let's move along. Um, we've, we've talked about the candidates, but let's talk about like what they're even talking about. Like, What are the issues of the day here? And Nagasi, can you give us an idea of, of the topics? Yeah, I, I think um, sort of first and foremost, I think the biggest issue, the longstanding issue is the achievement gap between uh, white students and students of color that's um, sort of played the district uh, for quite some time now. And, you know, the school district has um, tried to put in a renewed focus on it, but there's still a lot of questions as to what programs and initiatives are actually helping and which programs um, might not actually be working. Um, so that's probably the biggest uh, issue. I think also uh, along with that, there's um, the issue of school safety. I think you mentioned uh, that David Blast's campaign is sort of built on that idea of school discipline and safety and sort of what do we do with when students misbehave. And um, several years ago, the district tried to move away from a zero tolerance uh, discipline policy to a revamped uh, behavior education plan that sort of mm-hmm. gives guidance as to how to uh, handle school discipline, but many of the candidates have pointed out that there are flaws with the behavior education plan in terms of its implementation, and uh, there are teachers who might not, uh, who have said that they don't necessarily feel that they can successfully implement that in their classrooms. That's another issue that it will definitely come up in the race. Yeah, and baked into that is a whole ERO question too, right? Educational resource officers in schools? Yeah, definitely, which Abby and I have 
definitely both talked about or reported about. Yeah, that's an issue that crosses both of our beats because um, EROs are based in schools, um, but also they're Madison police officers. Um, so um, that that involves a contract between the city um, and the school district. Um, and this has been sort of an ongoing issue for, for a little while. Um, I guess, Nagasi, could you sort of brief us on sort of both sides of the argument here and sort of what was the most recent round of debate with EROs? Yeah. So right now there are police officers stationed at uh, four of the city's high schools, uh, Memorial, West, uh, East, and La Follette. So there's one in each school. Yes. And their contract with the city is up for, for renewal, uh, and that would uh, start up in, in June. Uh, and there has been some pushback from some uh, people in the community about pushing the district to not renew that contract, saying that um, having the presence of police officers in schools um, actually harms some students, especially students of color and other students who have come from communities that might have not have the best relations with uh, police officers. Um, in late December, the board voted to approve an amended contract with the city that the city didn't necessarily agree to. So there's still some negotiating as to what that con- renewed contract will look like. So the latest is that there's no currently not a contract in place for June. Yes. Okay. And the, they still need to figure that out, um, which is something I think the school board and the city are, are working on. Charter schools are another topic at hand here, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, charter schools, which are uh, publicly funded but independently operated, um, have definitely become an issue uh, for a lot of uh, candidates. There are several charter schools in Madison. A couple, uh, Western Mundo School, are uh, chartered by the district. But a few years ago, the state legislature approved the uh, UW Office of Educational Opportunity as a, another agency that can approve charter schools without the district's approval. Uh, there's some concern from critics of charter schools that schools that are authorized by uh, the UW, for example, uh, Talim's One City city Schools, uh, siphon some money away from the district. Uh, at the same time, there are so many proponents of charter schools saying that these charter schools offer more options for parents who might feel that the traditional public schools don't offer enough um, options for their kids to succeed in in a traditional setting. Nagasi, there's a group called Adelante that's involved with the school board campaigns. Can you fill us in on what that's all about? Yeah, so Adelante is a local political group that was started by current school board member Gloria Reyes, uh, who last year was the first uh, Latina a member of the school board to be elected. Um, she and Adelante's mission has sort of been to help promote candidates of color. And there are three candidates of color in this uh, school board race, uh, Talim, Ananda, and Ali, which is a pretty big moment for the school board. Madison School District uh, has increasingly had more and more minority students within its district. And it's the school board itself hasn't necessarily reflected that, but depending on how this race plays out, it could uh, the demographics of the school board might more closely match the school districts. Do you think with future school board campaigns, we'll start to see more groups like Adelante, you know, supporting um, candidates or off- just offering being another form of support for candidates interested in seeking office on the board? I think so. I think you know Madison has sort of had. Uh, a lot of 
political groups that are well established, like Progressive Dane, uh, for example. But I think there are, there has been some talk of you know building these networks that candidates of color, whether it's for school board or for other local races, that they can tap into and sort of get the political and social capital they need to build a campaign and sort of whether it's fundraising or whether it's knowing how to get a campaign manager and all these other nuts and bolts into in local politics. Yeah, I always uh, find that interesting because local politics is right the form of government that's closest to the people, but um, it's also it, it's not necessarily still the easiest to, to kind of get involved um, and that there are still you know barriers for some to sort of work through the process to get on the ballot. Definitely. I couldn't agree more. Well, Nagasi, we've kind of done a quick and dirty overview of the race here, but there are opportunities in the future for people to actually see these candidates talk about these issues. Like what's on the calendar in terms of forums, debates, that kind of a thing? Yeah. So February 5th, uh, a group that has an awesome name, The Grumps, which <laughs> stands for Grandparents United for Madison Public Schools, is, that is, ho- delightful. is hosting a candidate forum at Christ Presbyterian Church on East Warham Street at 6.30. I think, um, as far as I know, all candidates will be there. Um, Also, uh, once we get past the primary, uh, on March 19th uh, at East High School, uh, the the Tap Times talk for that month is a candidate forum that will be... Hosted by Nagasi. Yeah, I'll be a a (laughs) co-moderator along with uh, Taylor Tildor from the Simpson Street Free Press. Uh, So we'll be talking to the candidates who advance to the general. So, Nagasi, hey, thank you so much for coming into the studio. If, we're, if we talk more about anything related to K-12 education, can we count on you to come back and join us here in the Mad Splainer studio? Of course. Awesome. Thank you. you. But, um, Never. Right. <laughs> yeah, I hated every no. second of this. No, you may not. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> not in my <laughs> Well, seriously, thank you so much. Um, yeah, it was great to have you here. Thank you. That'll do it for this election edition of the Mad Splainers. Thanks again for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or anywhere else you find your podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other shows that the Cap Times puts together, which includes The Corner Table, our podcast about food, and Wedge Issues, a show all about state politics. We'll be back soon with more explainers about city affairs in Madison and the upcoming election. But in the meantime, I'll check you later. Thanks again for tuning in.